to the Feed You podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Feed You podcast. Thanks for tuning in this week. I hope you all are staying safe, staying well, and enjoying, if you can, or to the best of your ability, uh, this time at home in quarantine. As the weather gets a little nicer here in Colorado, um, people, I find people are going outside more and getting some fresh air, which I think is great. But um, I also hope that we are still taking the, the necessary precautions that we need to in order to keep everybody safe, because that's really what we need to be doing right now. So if you're listening to this episode in the future, um, you may be wondering, why is she talking about a coronavirus still? But it's still a thing going on as of today. I'm recording this on Tuesday, April 21st. Um, and a couple weeks ago, I was lucky enough to be able to participate in the very first live stream of Story Brand, uh, a Story Brand event. And if you have been around for a little while, you know that I am a Story Brand certified guide. And what Story Brand is, is a seven step framework to help you create clarity in your marketing messaging. And being a part of that uh, live stream was one, it was an honor because it's such a fabulous organization to work for. But two, um, it was very uh, thrilling for me to work with these different business owners. I had nine different business owners that I worked with on that project um, for two days and working with them to clarify their message and to see the power that they left with, um, knowing that they could take that messaging and go out into the world and actually get some traction um, was, it was amazing to watch and I just love that. It was such a win-win for everybody. But one of the things that Donald Miller um, said during that training that really stood out to me was that if you have a sales funnel, it equals the survival of your business. And it rang so true to me because I see so many people that um, they think they have a sales funnel or they um, don't have a sales funnel, but they know they need one or they don't even know that they need one struggling right now. And I, I talk about this way too much with my family. They're probably like, would you shut up about sales funnels, please, mom? But the reality is, is the businesses that are struggling, the businesses that haven't pivoted um, or that didn't think ahead to how they could still serve their customers are the ones that are closed. They're the ones that are struggling to pay bills. Um, and yes, you know, there is some component of that that's out of their control. Like you have salon owners and spas and massage therapists that can't work. But if you had a sales funnel in place, you could be nurturing that audience, staying in front of them, getting their attention and moving them to um, forward book with you or get on your calendar when you can open up again. And I know that varies from um, all across the world, that date and that time varies. Um, and I want to, and if you've listened to the last few episodes, you may have heard this, but I think it's important to reiterate. We have this expectation that the quarantine is going to be lifted, the lockdown is going to be lifted, and that everything's going to go back to the way it was. And the reality is, is that reality does not exist anymore. That is a world that we no longer live in. As much as we want to not like it or dislike it, or we want it to come back, we cannot unknow what we already know about coronavirus, about where we have been for the last two, four, six weeks. 
Um, and so our, our reality has shifted. It has been permanently altered, just like in the case of 9-11 and you know, any of those other catastrophic events that are very traumatic. Things never will go back to the way they were. So even if you own a restaurant, you will likely have um, mandates that you will have to follow in your restaurant that could, t- could lower the amount of business that you normally would have in your restaurant even. So for example, if you had 16 tables and you have to keep people at a, at a safe distance of say six feet, you're looking at maybe half, if not a third of the number of tables that you used to be able to serve. And so with that in mind, I want to encourage you to create a sales funnel that helps increase that business, helps you stay in, in touch with that audience and serve them in a different way. Um, and you're going to have to get creative about that um, so that you can make up that uh, number of customers that can no longer come and sit in the restaurant and how you're going to handle that. And so the problem with not having a sales funnel is that you don't know how to shift or what shift to make or um, how to stay in touch with your customers or how to build that value-based relationship and more importantly how to take them from somebody that you communicate with on a regular basis to someone who becomes a customer or even in the case of a repetitive business a a, um, return customer regular return customer without offering them the incentive of having to come in and have a coupon every time or um, putting you know coupons out there that you never know if they actually work you can't track the results of um, that sort of thing so i put together a list of um, nine different things that really need to be considered when creating a sales funnel. And if you don't know what a sales funnel is, the way I explain it to my clients is that it is the breadcrumbs you lay out for your potential clients and your current clients to pick up to get to know you better. And then as they get to know you better, they start to trust you. And as they start to trust you, they want to work with you. Does that mean everybody is going to find those breadcrumbs? Absolutely not. That's why it's called a funnel. The funnel is at the very top of that funnel is very, very wide. And so you may attract a lot of different people into that funnel. But the point of having a sales funnel is to narrow it down to the people who actually are your people. They're gonna connect with you. They're gonna wanna resonate, they're gonna resonate with you. Their message is going to, your message, is going to resonate with them to the point that they want to move forward in some capacity to use your your products and services or to work with you further. And so we get really freaked out when we, you know, have people start to fall out of the funnel, like maybe they unsubscribe from our newsletter. And instead of focusing on that, I want you to focus on you're getting closer to the people you need to serve um, and the people that need you. And so I wanted to put together this list about sales funnels and about, um, you know, if if you have a sales funnel that's functioning, um, it should contain some of these components so that you can not only survive through what we're going through now, but survive future breakouts or future um, unforeseen circumstances and not only survive them, but thrive through them. And I see a lot of businesses trying to do this. Um, I'm going to use an example in just a second with the with the first one. They're trying to just slap shot their marketing, and a sales funnel actually gives you um, the ability to control what you spend your time, energy, and money on, as well as control a measurement of whether or not it's working. So let's jump into number one. 
Um, the number one component of a sales funnel is you have to have a strategy. And so if you don't have a strategy that enables you to connect to your ideal clients and your audience in some way, you don't have a way to measure your time, your effort, the money you're putting out there, and most importantly, whether or not it's working. And so for, I have an example. Um, there's a bakery in town that I love their food um, and they have made a really, they've done a lot of things right. So I don't really wanna pick on them too much, but they've done a lot of things right. But they also did something the other day that I was like, what are you thinking? <laughs> a couple of things. But one thing was um, with the order, uh, they included this little minuscule coupon that I actually think I'm going to put um, a picture of it up on the show notes, which you can find at elisaconnor.com forward slash 85. It literally was like an inch wide by maybe two inches long. And it was like this in the tiniest font, like you probably, if you have older eyes like me, had to put on your readers to read it. And it was like, oh, get 5% off on your next order. And I was like, this is ludicrous. Like who, you could easily throw this away. It was just, it was an attempt to like re-engage them when there are so many different ways you could do this if you had a properly thought out sales funnel. Meaning instead of like trying to slip a coupon in there almost as an embarrassment to ask them to order again, and why would you be embarrassed? You have fantastic pastry, you do a great job servicing your customers, and you are a thought leader in your industry. So instead of like being embarrassed with that, it would be so much easier to create a sales funnel that nurtures those people from the email address they use to order by getting their permission, of course, in a week when you know their pastries are running low or they possibly burned through their pastries, depending on how many they ordered, hey, we saw that you ordered last week. We thought you might be running a little bit low. We're featuring this pastry this week. This is how we make it. We did a video over on Facebook because they are totally doing videos on Facebook on how to make things. Um, And to show our appreciation, we wanna give you 5% off. That is going to be much more effective and you're going to know because you can track on those emails who clicks on that link and you can tag them and then you can send them another email later. If they have, you know, if if you have a referral link in that email, hey, refer us to a friend, click here um, or, you know, share it here or whatever, you can then uh, track those referrals or there's different ways you can track whether or not it's working so that you know what you need to shift and pivot. And so um, by creating that strategy and it's, uh, there's a misnomer about uh, strategy. And that is that if you have a download, you have a strategy. And what I find so many times when I talk with people is they're like, yeah, I have an opt-in form and I have my download. And then I send them an email with what they requested and then it's crickets. And I was like, so what you have is like step one of about 800 (laughs) in a sales funnel. Because if that download email is where it stops, there's no way for them to continue to to get to know you and there's no way for them to move toward buying something from you. You basically just gave them a freebie and then you're like, see ya. Um, so the sales funnel is all those components that help you lead up to them purchasing from you a product or a service. And that's where um, things fall apart is that you, just because you have a free download doesn't mean it's working. Um, You could have it up in your website and uh, nobody has ever seen it. 
there's no traffic going to it. There's no, nobody knows about it. And there's this misnomer. Um, I find this with website clients. They're so adorable. Um, but they're like, I have a new website. I have to be really uh, cognizant of when I, when I launch it because people are going to be looking for it and they're going to go out there and look for it. And I was like, we have to have a, a come to Jesus meeting. And I'm like, you know, nobody's going to know about this website unless we promote it, unless we get it in front of people and we tell them about it. Because there are, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of websites that are launched every single day. Um, and they're not waiting for you. That's like saying you you hit a book in the library and um, everybody's going to rush to that one shelf to find your book. Only nobody knows that you put that book on the shelf or what shelf it's on. And so it if you can kind of wrap your head around that a little bit, your sales funnel is an intricate uh, strategy, is an intricate component of getting the word out there about who you are, how you serve people, and the plan of action you follow to make sure you get results and you're measuring those results. And so uh, that's number one, is you need to have a strategy. Number two is um, you need to be solving a problem. People who are out searching the internet, even in Google, they're typing in a, a question. They're, t- you know, um, how do you poach eggs? Like everybody's wanting to cook and bake right now. What temperature do I cook bread at? If you are not answering the problem that they are asking, then they're going to move on and find somebody who will answer that problem. And so when you're creating your sales funnel, the first key component, no matter what you're going to create, what you're going to put out there as content is to find out what your audience wants, what their problem is, what they're trying to solve, um, and then serve that and attract their attention in a different way than anyone else is solving that problem. If you can do those three things, you will stand out above anybody in, um, in your marketplace and um, even possibly from your competitors. Um, those three differentiators, you know, solving the problem, knowing what knowing uh, what your audience is really grasping for, understanding them, and then um, grabbing their attention in a new and different way with your solution. Those are all like, key marketing foundation components that every business needs to have. And so when you can include all of those into whatever you're going to do, whatever your strategy is, people are going to stand up and take notice. And so one of the things that my little bakery did really well, um, because I I kind of stalk them a little bit, um, because they're they're just an interesting company to watch. And it's interesting to see um, how they're pivoting and and moving forward. But they're creating Facebook lives. And at first, he was just doing recipes that he's like, Oh, I'm gonna show you how to make this. But then people weren't interested in that. And so then what he did last week, which I thought was like, Yay, go team. um, This is what I would recommend is that he asked his audience, he's like, Hey, what do you guys want me to make? Uh, Tell me what you want to learn you know, what kind of French pastry you want to learn to make or what you want, what you're struggling with, you know, if you're trying to make it yourself or whatever. And then he took those comments and created content around what the requests were. And so nobody else in his industry, at least in Denver, is doing anything like that. They're not asking. They're just throwing things out there and, and it's what they think people need. Well, people don't buy what you think they need. They buy the solution to their problem. And so linking back to the key component number two is you need to solve their problem. Number three, I alluded to this earlier, is that you can't leave your audience hanging because that just leads to disappointment and then they just disappear. 
And so we want to ensure that if we're going to open that uh, opportunity up, create that conversation, that we continue a conversation. We don't just pick up the phone, say hello, set the phone down, and then walk away. And when we don't nurture our leads on a consistent basis, um, I recommend once a week, but you know, if that doesn't fit into your life, I know people have had success with every other, every other week or once a month, it depends on your audience, um, and what information you're trying to get to them. But, um, you, you want to continue to nurture them in some way. And that can be via email that can be doing, you know, interaction in your Facebook group or Facebook page. It can be interacting on Instagram. It can be sending direct messages, um, any kind of way to stay in front of them and stay connected with them and continue the conversation so that you don't send them their download. And then six months later, you reach out and say, Hey, I know I haven't been emailing you. Uh, I want to start emailing you now. They don't care. I can tell you right now they don't care. And you will probably get more unsubscribes than not because you left them you ghosted them. That's, that's a good term. You ghosted them six months ago and now they don't even remember who you are. And, um, I've actually had this happen multiple times with, uh, email newsletters that I've signed up for. And then they come back and I'm like, I don't even remember what you do. And I'm like, and I immediately unsubscribe. I'm like, I've already found the answer somewhere else. So don't ghost your audience. They don't like it. Number four, there is no way for you to track what's working and what isn't working when you don't have a strategy. So I love to use the example of Valpac coupons, those that coupon envelope you get in the mail, and they pay a ton of money to be in there. Well, number one, you're in an envelope with all your competitors. And number two, you don't know whether, you don't know how many of those work or how many of them don't work, or and most people don't have a system to track. And, um, it's hard to know whether or not something is working if you can't track it. And so if you are creating a strategy, make sure you have some way to analyze what you're doing. How many people are opening your email? How many people are clicking on your opt-in? How many people are downloading your coupon or your ebook or your free download? What are they doing after they download it? Are they showing up on Facebook? How many people are showing up on Facebook? When do they show up on Facebook? These are all things you can measure. Um, and that's what the big guys do, especially when they're running Facebook ads. And so the measurement and the an analysis of those components are going to tell you volumes about where you need to spend your time, where you need to spend your effort and what is resonating with the people you want to reach out to. So make sure there is a way to track what is working. A perfect example of not being able to track is that little tiny coupon from the bakery that they stuck in a bag. There's no way to track who used that and who didn't and who to continue to reward and have a conversation with and nurture. Um, because they don't have any way to measure how that's working. You know, somebody could give it to five friends and be like, Hey, use this coupon. I got it. And I, you know, I had two people reach out to me and they're like, I got a 5% coupon. I'm like, that's great. I got one too. If I dug in my bag deep enough. Um, so, but it doesn't tell the bakery what is and what isn't working. And so, um, other than everybody wants a discount, maybe some of those people never ordered from them before and now they're getting a discount. And so they'll order once cause they got a discount. You get the idea. So make sure you're tracking everything you're doing. Number five, um, it can be really hard to know what to focus on if you don't have a sales funnel and it, we as business owners and entrepreneurs, um, definitely have, uh, squirrel attention. <laughs> 
from the movie uh, up. You know, the dog is just like, I can't remember the dog's name, but anyway, he's like, every time you see a squirrel, he's like, squirrel. And uh, so as business owners, we definitely have that as a forerunner in our thought processing. So we need to have a plan to know what to focus on. It makes um, our marketing seem very scattered and unorganized and unfocused. When we don't have a strategy, we are not gonna get traction with anyone, let alone the people that we want to get in front of. Um, it's gonna be really hard to stay consistent because you don't know what's working, what's not working, where you wanna go, what your end result is, is going to be. And um, you don't know what you're working toward. So ultimately you get frustrated because nobody's buying what you're selling nobody's uh you know opting into your email series nobody's opening your email series because there's no plan so creating a plan creating a strategy is going to give you focus it's going to keep you on track and it's going to keep your uh, activities and your energy aligned with your end goal so number six is i just talked about this up above is that there's this misnomer about uh, what is entailed in a sales funnel. And just to reiterate that, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I have a free download, I have a sales funnel now, but that's just one tiny component of your sales funnel. If that's not leading to them purchasing a product, then that is not a sales funnel. Because ultimately the end of the funnel is they are buying something from you. And so if, if that's missing and you're not getting sales from your sales funnel, then it's not really a sales funnel, it's an I like you funnel. Um, and nobody needs an I like you funnel in your business. What you need is to be making money from people that love you, trust you, and appreciate you and uh, find value in what you're offering to them to solve their problem. So number seven, is um, when you don't have a sales funnel, you try to sell too soon. So I've had the, this experience as well, where you sign up for a uh, free download, and then the next thing that pops up is, hey, you wanna buy my $50 product? Um, no, I just actually wanted your free download because I don't know you yet, and I don't know if I wanna purchase from you, and so why are you offering me your $50 product when I don't even, I haven't even gotten the free download yet? And it just makes you feel icky. And I've also had this happen with people that, um, I'm sure you've uh, seen the ads where they're like, for $9.95, you can get blah de blah And then you get in there and they're like, oh, well, you can get that, but that's not gonna help you. You have to buy this $200 thing to make it work. And you feel gypped. And so you don't wanna create that experience for your audience or for your potential customers. So, um, creating that series of nurturing and the, the strategy behind taking care of them for a little while and building the relationship is going to actually expedite your sales and increase the number of people that purchase from you because you're willing to build the relationship first. So um, don't try to sell them too quickly, build the relationship so that they know, like, and trust you. Uh, number eight is that um, I'm sure you've had this happen and I have been uh, a, oh, what am I trying to say? This is how I've done the same thing where you don't sell uh, fast enough. You just nurture and nurture and nurture and nurture and then you never sell them anything. And so then they go find somebody else that's offering what you had been creating or what you do, but you never told them about it and they go buy it from somebody else. They're like, oh, I got all this great information from Sue, but she never really told me that she could help me solve my problem. So I went over to Sally and bought her product or service. Um, so there's a fine line between nurturing 
and leading to a sale. And that's what I'm, that's, that's the point I'm trying to make is um, you can be super successful with your, you know, website views and with people showing up on social media and giving value and um, providing a way to create a, a relationship. But if you never give them a way to buy from you or ask them to buy from you, they just won't, they'll go buy from someone else. So don't make that mistake. Um, I have made that mistake in the past and I have rectified that mistake. And guess what? I'm making more money, shocking. <laughs> so, uh, that is number eight. Don't wait too long and don't forget to ask them to buy. And then number nine is that um, your funnel has to come first. I know that you've seen, if you're in the food industry, so many food bloggers and um, YouTube channel people that they create all these channels and they get all of these people excited and then they don't have a sales funnel so they have nothing to sell them. And then people are so accustomed to having all of the information given to them for free that when they go to try to sell their cookbook or something, nobody buys it. And so think it out before you invest all of your time and energy into creating your content. Where is it going? What are you trying to lead them to? Somebody that has done this really, really well in um, building out their funnel is uh, Tom Brady. He, you know, had used his notoriety, notoriety over what his workout regime has been to create an, an entire line of products um, from a fitness app to protein powders, to planned meals, to um, training equipment, you name it. But everything that they do for that business, the TB12 business, it has an end in mind. It leads you to the store to a particular product. That is a very well thought out funnel um, versus, you know, yeah, I do all this great stuff with my trainer um, to build up my body so that I've been able to play football for, you know, twice as long as anybody else. And wouldn't you like to know how to do it? And then you just leave them there. You don't want to do that. You want to build out the content. Um, and, and I see this right now with uh, a lot of fitness people. And I just want to go, don't do that. Um, but they're going on Facebook Live and they're doing a workout every single day for free. And then um, they end the workout and that's it. And everybody has access to all of those workouts because they're on Facebook and they're connected to them on Facebook so they can go watch them anytime they want. But at the end of the workout, there's no reason for them to move forward to work out with them in the future. And so instead of that, you know, what is the plan of what if they can, what if you never get back to the point where you can go to the gym and work out with a trainer again? I don't know that that's a realistic answer, but we don't, we don't know right now. We're in a very, um, we're in a state of unknowing about uh, an uncertainty about the future and what that's going to look like. We just know that it's going to be different. And so instead, you know, instead of creating a workout, yeah, that's a really nice thing to do for people, but it's not going to pay your bills. So figure out the funnel first, then back it up from there. So um, that is uh, step number nine is to, you know, all of those components of marketing to make sure that you have a strategy behind every single one before you start implementing and spending the time and energy to do that. And um, one of the examples that uh, I had written in here for that is that, you know, the people that uh, own small business restaurants and food, food restaurants, um, their funnel typically was people will come in 
eat there or they might order takeout. And instead of, you know, being aware of the different revenues of income and the streams of income and how many people did which thing, they never really tracked that audience or created a funnel around all of those three different audiences. Because there's a delivery audience, there's a takeout audience, and there's a dine in audience. And sometimes those audiences overlap. But if you don't have something created as a plan to reach out to those different audiences, um, which many people don't, it ate up their business. And some businesses in the food industry that had um, walk-in locations did a really good job of pivoting. And they created, um, you know, meals to go out of ingredients. Uh, They created... um, curbside pickup, they created delivery, they turned their servers into um, delivery drivers. Um, And then there's people that they just have not done a good job. There's a local restaurant that we used to eat at all the time that we can actually walk to. And we called last week to do takeout and I called four different times and it went to a busy signal and they had no online ordering, they had no way for me to order in advance and pay. So we went somewhere else because I didn't have all night to sit on the phone and wait for them to pick up and get off the phone with someone else. So just having that plan and, and created and written out. It doesn't have to be elaborate, but um, something to get you started moving in the direction of the attract, connect with your people, and then convert them into customers. Those are the three arenas that you really want to be moving in. So I hope these nine tips about creating a sales funnel will inspire you to sit down with a piece of paper, if nothing else, and map one out. Because not only during this time of COVID, but all times as a business, uh, you need to have some sort of sales funnel identified and created to continue to survive. If you don't, you're gonna struggle, you're going to wonder how to pay bills, you're gonna feel uncertain, you're not gonna have a a direction that you should be moving in, um, and you're gonna get frustrated and ultimately end up closing your business. And I don't want that for anyone. So until next week, I hope you all are staying healthy, staying safe, and please ignore any background noise. I am recording at home and I've got three teenagers here, so there are some background noises. They're trying to be quiet, but teenagers are not always good at being quiet. Um, But until then, I will see you next week and I will meet you over in the Facebook group or Facebook page to answer questions. And I will see you next week. Take care. If you're struggling with what to say, who to say it to, and where to say it, you may need my new ideal client worksheet. If you know your audience, you know where they hang out, and you know what they're interested in, it makes every piece of your marketing easier to put together. The ideal client worksheet helps you discover the important questions that you need to ask when it comes to finding your clients. It will help you understand them, understand their problems, so that you connect with them, attract them, turn them into leads, and convert them into customers. So go grab your copy today at alisaconnor.com forward slash ideal client. See you next week.